The Old Testament reading for this morning comes from the book of Judges, beginning in the fourth chapter, and I'm going to back it up just a little bit because I think aside from what's in your bulletin, we need to hear just these two, three sentences more to help flesh out this story. So I'm going to start at the first verse. This is Judges 4. The people of Israel kept right on doing evil in God's sight, and with Ehud dead, God sold them off to Jabin, king of Canaan, who ruled from Hazor. And Sisera, who lived in Herosheth Hagayim, was the commander of his army. And the people of Israel cried out to God because he had cruelly oppressed them with his 900 iron chariots for 20 years. Now Deborah was a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, and she was judge over Israel at that time. And she held court under Deborah's palm between Ramah and Bethel in the hills of Ephraim. And the people of Israel went to her in matters of justice. So she sent for Barak, son of Abinoam from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, It has become clear that God, the God of Israel, commands you go to Mount Tabor and prepare for battle. Take ten companies of soldiers from Naphtali and Zebulun, and I'll take care of getting Sisera, the leader of Jabin's army, to the Kishon River with all his chariots and troops. And I'll make sure that you win the battle. Well, Barak said, well, if you go with me, I'll go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. She said, well, of course I'll go with you. But understand that with an attitude like that, there'll be no glory in it for you. God will use a woman's hand to take care of Sisera. And Deborah got ready and went, to Barak, went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali together at Kadesh. And ten companies of men followed him, and Deborah was with him. And it happened that Heber, the Kenite, had parted company with the other Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' in-law. He was now living at Zananim Oak near Kadesh. And they told Sisera that Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor. And Sisera immediately called up all of his chariots to the Kishon River, 900 iron chariots, along with all his troops who were with him at Herosheth Hagayim. And Deborah said to Barak, Charge! This very day God has given you victory over Sisera. Isn't God marching before you? And Barak charged down the slopes of Mount Tabor, his ten companies following him. And God routed Sisera, all those chariots, all those troops, before Barak. And Sisera jumped out of his chariot and ran. And Barak chased the chariots and troops all the way to Harasheth Hagayim. And Sisera's entire fighting force was killed, not one man left. Meanwhile, Sisera, running for his life, headed for the tent of Jael, wife of Heber the Kenite. And Jabin, king of Hazor, and Heber the Kenite were on good terms with one another. So Jael stepped out to meet Sisera and said, Come in, sir. Stay here with me. Don't be afraid. So he went with her into her tent, and she covered him with a blanket. He said to her, Please, a little water. I'm thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him a drink and then covered him up again. He then said, stand at the tent flap. And if anyone comes by and asks you, is there anyone here, tell him, no, not a soul. Then while he was fast asleep from exhaustion, Jael, wife of Heber, 
took a tent peg and hammer, tiptoed toward him, and drove the tent peg through his temple and all the way into the ground. He convulsed and died. Barak arrived in pursuit of Sisera, and Jael went out to greet him. She said, come, I'll show you the man you're looking for. And he went with her, and there he was, Sisera, stretched out dead with a tent peg through his temple. On that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, before the people of Israel. And the people of Israel pressed harder and harder on Jabin, king of Canaan, until there was nothing left of him. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? O God of life and resurrection, the spirits of all stand before you. With kings and priests and soldiers and saints, we give you glory and blessing. For you are with us in good times and in bad. You watch over all of your children. So help us, we pray, to be mindful of those things you call us to do. To be a people who seek the good, that we may do it. Be with us in our remembering this day. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. teacher was sitting at her desk grading papers when her first grade class came back from lunch and one of her students told her Robert has to go to the principal's office and the teacher asked why oh because he is a following person the child replied a what the teacher asked it came over the loudspeaker the following persons are to go to the office <laughs> Robert is a following person you know, we are all followers, and at various times, we just may get to lead for a while. And when those times come, God gives us the tools that we need. Because you see, a basketball in my hand is probably worth about 30 bucks. But a basketball in the hand of LeBron James is worth millions of dollars a year and championships. A baseball bat in my hand is worth probably about 75 bucks these days. But a baseball in the bat in the hands of A-Rod was worth about 25 million a year. A tennis racket in my hands is just plain dangerous. <laughs> but a tennis racket in the hands of Serena Williams wins championships. The golf club in my hands is no better. It's worth about 100 bucks. But a golf club in the hands of Jordan Spieth is worth about 100 million a year. A rod in my hands is lucky to catch a fish now and then. But a rod in the hands of Moses parts a sea. A slingshot in my hand may just hit the side of a barn. But a slingshot in the hands of David brings down a Goliath of a man. And a tent peg in my hand might get the corner of a tent secured with some coaching. But a tent peg in the hands of Jael seals a victory for Israel 
and wins peace for 40 years or so. So you see, God's people, they'd come into the land of Canaan. It was the land that was promised to them by God. And their great general, Joshua, had warned them, God will not tolerate divided loyalties. Serve and worship God only and observe the law and the covenant or worship the false gods of your ancestors and the idols of the neighboring peoples. But if you do both, you will be sorry. And all the people cried out, oh no, the Lord will be our God. We will serve and obey. But then they entered on into the promised land and they begin to live side by side with the Canaanite tribes. And they took Canaanite girls as wives for their sons and Canaanite boys as husbands for their daughters. And they began to worship Canaanite gods, Baal and Asherah and many others, forgetting conveniently about the Lord their God who had freed them from bondage in Egypt and made them a covenant and holy people. So the anger of God was kindled against Israel and they were given over into the hands of their enemies. And this latest conquest was by the king of Canaan, King Jacob, Jabin, whose general was named Sisera. And Sisera had 900 iron chariots and he oppressed the Israelites cruelly for 20 years. Now in those days, Israel had no king. So instead, the Lord raised up judges who ruled the people in God's name, dealt with their disputes, and led them in battle. And in those days, it came to pass that Deborah the prophet was judging Israel. And this prophetess used to sit under a particular palm tree that bore her name for generations to come between the towns of Ramah and Bethel, and the Israelites would come up to her for judgment. She is the only female judge recorded in the Bible. And the people of Israel were extremely patriarchal, male dominant. But it is often precisely in times like these, times of chaos, conquest, disorder, and struggle, when unusual leaders seem to, to rise and shine. So Deborah the prophet sent and summoned Barak from his home in Kadesh. And she said to him, the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, gather 10,000 fighters, because God will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you at the Kishon Channel, and God will give him over to your hand. And Barak said to her, imagine this, if you go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she answered, I will surely go with you, but then this road will not lead to your glory, for it is the will of God to give Sisera into the hands of a woman. And then Deborah rose and went with Barak, and they gathered their army and marched to the channel of Kishon. And when Sisera heard that Barak had gathered an army against him, he called out all of his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, all of the troops of the king Jabin, and they too marched to the channel of Kishon. And then Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. 
So Barak arose against Sisera with 10,000 warriors following him. And the Lord threw Sisera and all of his chariots into a panic before Barak. And Sisera actually got down from his chariot and ran away on foot while Barak pursued the chariots and the army to the city of Harasheth. And all of the army of Sisera fell by the sword, not one left, not one. Now in this area was the homestead of a man named Heber who belonged to the Kenite clan. Neither of Israel nor of Canaan, and Heber was not at home. And his wife Jael was there alone. And the general of Canaan, Sisera, running away from Barak's army, came to the tent of Heber, the tent of Jael. And there was peace between King Jabin and the Kenites. So Sisera hoped for safety there. Jael came out to meet him. She said, turn aside, my lord. Turn aside to me. Have no fear. So Sisera came into her tent and lay down. He was weary. And she covered him with a rug. And then said then, she said, then he said to her, please give me a little water to drink for I'm thirsty. So she opened a flask of milk and gave him a drink and tucked him in. And he said to her, go stand at the entrance of the tent. And if anyone comes and asks you, is there a man in there? You say, no. And so Sisera rested, believing he'd found safety. And then Jael, wife of Heber the Kenite, took a tent peg in one hand, a hammer in the other, And she went softly into Sisera, the general, who lay fast asleep from weariness. And she drove that tent peg into his head until it went into the ground. And then Barak came seeking Sisera. And Jael went out to him and said, come and I'll show you the man whom you seek. So he went into her tent and there was Sisera lying dead. And the land had peace for 40 years. That's a tough story. And I think on the surface we understand why it's kept in the shadows. Because it's a difficult read for us. Largely because of the violent end of a sleeping man. And it's a story that also holds up two very strong women. And perhaps it speaks to us in some back to the basic ways. This is a time in Israel's history when they understood the relationship to God in political terms. When they are conquered by their enemies, that means that God is angry with them. And when they are free, God has forgiven them and accepted them back into God's favor. It seems barbaric on the face of it, but I ask you today, are we so different Are we not tempted to feel abandoned by God when our political party loses or our cause fails and justified by God when our party wins or our cause advances? The Song of Deborah in Judges 5 calls J.L. most blessed among women. Now, it's important because that phrase is used only three times in the Bible. First, for Jael, who murders Sisera. Second, for Judith, the woman of Israel, who becomes a hero for beheading an enemy commander and freeing her city. And third, for Mary, the mother of Jesus, 
most blessed among women, Jael, Judith, and Mary. Which of these women is not like the others? You know, in just a few short weeks, the stories of Mary will come to us once again. We'll be surrounded by images of Mary everywhere you turn, sweet-faced, mild and gentle on Christmas cards and in nativity scenes. We'll hear her holy song, the Magnificat. God has shown the strength of God's mighty arm. God has scattered the proud, brought down the powerful from their thrones, and lifted up the lowly. But maybe this year as we hear those words, we should remember the company that Mary keeps. The other women blessed by scripture, Jael and Judith, liberators and murderers. And as followers of Christ who calls us to love our enemies, we can hardly endorse their violent acts. But maybe we should see in Mary's face not just sweetness and innocence, but a deep determination of a young woman saying yes to a new world, whatever it may demand from her and those she loves. And maybe we should hear in her song the fierce hope that calls on the power of God and the courage of humans to act, to rise, to seize the moment and strike the blow for the cause of freedom and the well-being of all of God's children. So we honor our veterans today. Those among us who have willingly put themselves in harm's way and some who died doing just that. And in the end, I am quite sure that they all found themselves in the middle of a struggle that they would have preferred not to be a part of, but believed that they must be a part of it so that others could dwell in the freedom and in the peace that God desires for all of creation. So on this Veterans Sunday, we recall those who gave of themselves for us. And we also remember just why it is that they did what they did. We remember the horrors of war and vow to ourselves never again. We remember to dedicate ourselves anew to living in such a way that we will not break faith with those who died to bring peace to this world. And we remember to commit ourselves once again to the struggle against evil, the struggle against the very things that led to war in the first place. So this day, may we be determined to live, be determined to live the way that God meant for us to live, in freedom and with the intention of preserving that freedom by doing all that makes for perpetual freedom and for perpetual peace, by doing justice and loving mercy and walking humbly before our God. Amen.